Beautifully Broken Friends. I hope you all are doing well today. I'm doing well. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but um, if you do, you've seen that I recently purchased a couple of puppies. <laughs> One who is sneezing right at my feet right now. Um, they're the cutest things, little mini Bernie doodles. But, you know, having puppies is like having infants. <laughs> uh, fortunately, my daughter Brooke loves these little guys and she sleeps with them. So I don't have to do the uh, midnight runs to the bathroom. But during the day, potty training is a real deal, man. It, I just don't even know. They're keeping me so, so busy. But they're stinking cute. So what can I say? <laughs> so this week I thought I would go back and talk about why I chose a mosaic for my podcast. And I've talked about this before if you've read my blogs about how I see my life as a mosaic, how God has taken the things in my life that were once whole and he's broken them and now he's putting back together all the broken pieces to create a new picture. It still contains remnants of the old pictures and the old things that I had, but now they're just repurposed in a different way with new pieces being added daily. For the art cover on my podcast, I chose to take a picture of a mosaic bowl that Greg and I got while we were in Israel a few years ago. It's a replication of a mosaic found in a Catholic church that stands right by the Sea of Galilee. And the church is called the Church of the Multiplication. They made this mosaic in their floor to represent where Jesus would have done the miracle of feeding the 5,000 men, women, and children right there by the Sea of Galilee. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel before, and I'm not trying to lead a tour there, but I'm just saying going to Israel should be on a bucket list somewhere in your life because it just makes the scriptures come alive. It is so fascinating to see the places that you've read about in scripture where Jesus has done miracles, where he walked on water, and it just, you're there and you can just actually visualize, okay, Jesus would have been somewhere along those mountains looking over the Sea of Galilee when he performed the miracle of feeding all of those people. It's really incredible. In order to fully understand this miracle, you have to go back to the previous chapter to see what Jesus was experiencing in his own life. John the Baptist, his cousin, had been killed and beheaded by Herod. And so he was experiencing a loss. And he had to deal with this loss before he could actually deal with the people and heal them and do all these miraculous things like feeding them. And so the Bible actually tells us that Jesus withdrew to a desolate place by himself. And this is so relatable to me. I know when I first experienced loss, all I wanted to do was curl up in a ball somewhere and cry by myself. Even the physical touch of a hug could be too much for me to handle. Jesus, however, did not stay by himself and continue to wallow in his grief. No, he came back, and in Matthew 14, it tells us that he the crowd had gathered, and he saw the crowd, and I'm sure that crowd was 
was really hurting. I mean, these are people who had followed John the Baptist. They were his friends, they were his followers, and they were grieving and afraid, I'm sure, because John was now dead. And Matthew 14, in verse 14, says that when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And this is what makes Jesus the perfect God-man. I spent way too much time dwelling on my own feelings to think of anyone else's needs. The great thing for me, though, being a single mom, is that your kids' needs eventually come into play, and you know that you're going to need to feed them. They're probably going to need some laundry done so they can wear some clean clothes to school. So I'm so grateful for my kids being here and kind of pulling me out of that space of just only thinking about myself and thinking of their needs helped me to be able to then think of my family's needs and my friends' needs and then to think about helping others in their time of need. But honestly, thinking of others was not my first go-to. And this is where Jesus is just so wonderful and compassionate to care about all of our needs. I'd like to just say here that I love Jesus's disciples. (laughs) I mean, they're just so pleasantly human, right? I often think about what I would have been like had I been a disciple because I feel like they get kind of a bad rap sometimes. But I imagine if I were one of them, I would be hurting because, you know, John was dead too and there's all these people. But Part of me would be kind of excited that, you know, hey, I'm with the guy and he chose me to be with him. And that makes me pretty cool. And look what my friend can do. Yep, he can heal you and he can heal you and he can heal you. And I think I would get wrapped up. Not, You know, I don't even know that they were prideful, but I love seeing life change. I think even just being around seeing life change. Uh, It would be so, so cool. But knowing that, hey, that is my close friend that I spend so much time with. You know, I think that that, for me anyways, I would definitely feel like one of the cool kids and feel maybe a little bit of self-importance because Jesus chose me, right? And I'm sure they they went through this day, right? And, And then somebody said something about getting dark. And then I can imagine being concerned that there's all these people that need to eat and being the good, concerned friend of Jesus, I, you know, could maybe see myself just mentioning to him that, hey, it's going to get dark and, um, you know, we should probably send these people away so that they could go into the village and get some food, you know, because (laughs) what were we going to do? Um, And then Jesus, of course, throws a wrench into their plans and he says to them, "Um, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And I think about that point, all reason would go out the door for me, like panic would sit in like I'd want to just say. What me like you want me to feed all these people? Are you serious, Jesus? And knowing me, I would probably like point directly to the the village right there that they can clearly walk to and they'll be fine there's lots of food and oh by the way Jesus um 
Yeah, I was on top of this and I've already asked around. And the only thing that's here is this little kid with a lunchbox. He's got two fish and five loaves of bread. And, you know, I can imagine thinking, well, you know, I've got Jesus now, right? Like, uh, I've already thought ahead. I planned this through. But, of course, Jesus is like, hey, bring me that kid's lunchbox. Which, you know, is so funny. Like, we look at that and say, he was just doing miracles. Like, how, where's their faith? Why can they believe that Jesus could do a miracle here? But in my own life, How many times have I seen Jesus do miracles in my life? And yet I get to a point where I think, well, he can't do a miracle in this. Like there's not anything that can overcome this. Like this is way too big. I need to stress about this. I need to worry about this because this is way too big for anyone to handle. But of course, we know nothing is too big for Jesus to handle. In Matthew 14, 18 through 20, Jesus says to his disciples, uh, bring them here to me, meaning the kids lunch. And then he ordered the crowd to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they ate They all ate and were satisfied. Okay, there's so much here. First of all, let me just remind you that when you see something that is not enough, doesn't look like enough in your life, doesn't feel like enough in your life, doesn't seem like this is going to get me through, whether it be money or your kids, you know, being crazy or your cars are breaking down or, um, you know, whatever it is, when it seems like it's impossible, like it's not enough, let me just remind you, God sees a miracle in the making. How many times do we look at ourselves or our life circumstances and situations and we think there's no way something good can come out of it? My pastor says something brilliant that I try to keep within my head (laughs) at all times because he said, when there's a Goliath standing in front of us in our lives, it's because God sees a David inside of us. And I love that. I love that metaphor that here's David, this lowly little kid with five stones and a slingshot up against this giant. And yet, Who's victorious in that? David is. Why? (laughs) Well, it's because God was in the fight, right? If it were up to us, if we had to accomplish these things, we couldn't do it. But we have to remember, with God, nothing is impossible. Secondly, there is a blessing in the breaking. Jesus blessed the objects of what he was going to break. And then he broke it and made a miracle happen. There's a blessing in your breaking. You may feel like a mess in need of healing, but in the master's hands, you are a mosaic in the making. How often do we pray that God would remove the breaking from our lives? What we have to remember is that 
oftentimes it's in the breaking that makes us blessable. Don't focus on the breaking. Focus on what God wants you to learn through the breaking and focus on the results of what it means to learn and lean on God through the brokenness. Of course, on our own, we can't do it, but with God's help, he can turn anything we give to him into a masterpiece. Giving yourself over to God's will and trusting him with whatever he brings into your life is how, for me, we can be beautifully broken. (laughs) The funny thing is, is it's usually when we think we have it all together that being broken is the hardest. I know I try to hold on to whatever control I think I have over my life, but I try to remind myself that I never truly have control over anything, right? So why should I fight God when he only wants the best for me? And of course, being broken is not fun or easy. I mean, in this case, think about those poor fish and bread. What a mess. And what the smell probably around Jesus that as he's breaking and blessing these fish and bread. The fish guts and the breadcrumbs that probably were scattered all over the ground. It's not necessarily beautiful, right? But because of their breaking, they were able to do a miracle. Those fish and bread were able to feed way more than just that little boy. Now, what happens when your miracle doesn't look like you thought it was going to look like? I mean, certainly for this young boy, his lunch looked a lot different than what it ended up being. (laughs) I mean, in my own life, the miracle that I knew that God had for me was going to be the miraculous healing of Greg. I mean, how awesome would that be? We would give God all the glory and people would learn to trust in him and put their faith in him because he is the God of miracles. And I I am truly saying and believing that if God wanted to heal Greg in that way, he absolutely could have and he would have. But that's not what God had in store for us. Of course, ultimately, God healed Greg in the most holistic of ways. But my healing hasn't been so easy. I mean, it's not easy being the one left, right? I would much rather be the one who goes on the adventure than the one who gets stuck at home in the old same place. My oldest son is in Florida now, and he's having such a wonderful time And I love it for him, but it's hard for me because I'm left and I get to see all his stuff that he left here and I get to miss him. And anyway, so you get the the picture. It's so much harder to be left than the one to go. My life mosaic looks completely different from what I thought and certainly from what I wanted it to look like. But it's not my mosaic to create. I am not the master creator. I don't see the big design. I don't see the big plan. But I do know the one who is the master creator, and I trust him. I am learning every day to trust him more as he puts the pieces of my life back together, one broken piece at a time. 
I have learned that there is a blessing in the breaking. God has blessed me in so many ways, from finances to friends to family to my kids. Each one of us is being fashioned by God. The question is, will you let him take your life and break it in order to bless it? I'm praying for you, friend, as you trust God's craftsmanship in your life to make an artistic mosaic out of the beautifully broken pieces. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for my friends this week as they grapple with the miracle that you are wanting to do in their lives. God, remind them that there is blessing in the brokenness and that it's not you that's doing the things that's breaking us, but it's you that can put the pieces back together in our lives. That everything you allow that comes into our life has gone through your hand, God, and that you work all things to your good. And I pray that as my friends continue to be broken before you, that they allow you to come in and rearrange their pieces into the masterpiece that you are wanting to make for them. God, help them to know that if there's a Goliath in front of them, it's because you see the David that's inside of them. And I pray that each one of us would be willing to be broken before you, God, and that we would allow you to bless us in our brokenness. Help us to focus on the change that's going to come and not on what is lost. I pray these things in your name. Amen.